0: This is Church Alive's Teaching of the Week by Pastor Gene Ameson. For additional teachings or information about the church, go to churchalive.net. If you wanna grab your word this morning, if you wanna go to Luke 15, that's where we're gonna be most of the teaching today. How many of you know January is a time whenever people tend to try to think about the different changes in their life that they wanna make? We do that in January for some reason. We don't do it in July. We don't do it in September. We think about January as being that time. Of course, we call these what? New Year's resolutions. Uh, how many of y'all have ever done a New Year's resolution before? Yeah. How many of y'all lasted more than two weeks with it? All right. a few less hands on that. all right? Of course, uh, New Year's resolutions are always going to be a positive thing. Nobody ever says, well, I'm going to try to get unhealthier this year, right? They're always going to be a positive thing. Probably our biggest ones that we see people have are just the simple things like try to eat better, try to exercise a little bit more. Uh, Then you may have folks that want to do something else. Maybe they want to read a certain number of books. I was invited to a book club this year, and some guys invited me to read some books with them, and I gave them a big thumbs down. (laughs) I can't commit to reading that many books with you guys, but I appreciate the offer, right? Uh, There may be things that you want to do in your life, like try to get on a budget, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, and then there's always the spiritual side that you can get into whenever you think about the new year. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, you know, I really need to get back in church or I really need to start hanging out with better people. Uh, maybe your circle, you realize it's kind of rubbing off on you. Maybe you realize you need to spend more time in prayer or, or really get your Bible because if you were to think about it, you're not in your word much. So there's always those things. But people always make their New Year's resolutions because there's, you know, an awareness that they've gotten off track in that area of their life. They want to get back on track. Thankfully, our God is the God of the reset. Thankfully, our God can make all things new, no matter how off track we get as human beings. He can make all things new. And if that's the way you feel today, if you feel like you're kind of off track in some areas of your life, I want to encourage you to stick with me today. And to come back for the next four weeks. Because today we're beginning a five-part series that we're calling Reset. And in this series, we're going to talk about some really big areas of life that we need to make sure that we have, you know, our priorities in order. That we have, that we get back on track in these areas. So, for instance, we're going to talk about our walk with God. We're going to talk about getting back on track with our relationships, with our priorities in life, with our purpose in life, with our vision in life. And I think if we all... Were to get honest there's probably some areas in our life that we know we need to reset there's probably some regret in our life that we wish we could go back and kind of hit the reset button as I like to say sometimes we wish we could put our tape back on or rewind it back to the place where we went wrong maybe there's a conversation you one time had with a family member and it just did not turn out well and you would do anything to be able to go back in time And to make that right. Has anybody ever responded out of emotion and maybe um, made a career choice or an education decision or something like that? And you're like, oh, I really messed that up. And you wish you could hit that reset button. You could go right on back and redo that again. A lot of these things I mentioned, unfortunately, they may not be resettable. But I want you to know God loves to reset things with us. Come on. With us. And with it being a new year, y'all, today I wanted to start with what I think is the most important thing that we need to make sure that we're on track with, and that's our walk with God. Are we cool with that today? I mean, let's just get down to the most important thing. Whenever you look at Church Alive, we've got a mission statement, we've got our vision. But I want you to understand, first and foremost, the reason this church is here, the reason that we gather this morning, the number one reason is to see people come to Jesus Christ and to walk with Him. Amen. That y'all should get a little more excited about that. that tell you. Whenever somebody comes to know Jesus, it's just like praise God. That's the reason this ministry is here. The greatest reason of all is to see people come to Jesus. Today, I want us to talk about how we can get back on track with Jesus. How we can reset our relationship with the Lord. And to do this, I want us to look. In Luke, as I mentioned, chapter 15. And we're going to look at three parables about resetting our relationship with God. It says, tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. That's a good thing, right? Wouldn't you say that? But wait just a moment, because the religious people had a problem with it. This made the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people. Their priorities were out of whack now, weren't they? They couldn't believe that he was even eating with them. So Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep, and if one of them gets lost, what will he do? Will he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go search for the one that's lost until he finds it? And when he's found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he'll call together his friends and his neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over ninety-nine others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Notice the shepherd was more passionate about the one than he was the ninety-nine. And of course, in this parable, Jesus is comparing himself to the shepherd. I want you to know this. There are times whenever we tend to drift away from the Lord. Have have any of you ever been there before? Maybe you were real strong with your relationship with the Lord, but then maybe just some life happened, some things happened. You started hanging out with some people who you shouldn't have hung out with, and all of a sudden you see there's a distance between you and the Lord. Can somebody get honest with me today? It happens, does it not? Whenever we do that, Whenever we tend to get some distance between us and the Lord, then a lot of times we start hearing the voice of the enemy. And what the voice of the enemy tells us is that the Lord doesn't want us back. What the voice of the enemy tells us, we're not worthy to go back because we messed up and we're too bad off and we're too far away from him. Y'all know what I'm talking about because you see some of y'all have heard that voice before. But I want you to understand, he's very concerned about you. His desire is to see you come back. And it says here that He's more passionate and He rejoices about the One. Come on, on, somebody say the One. I want us to know we can be the One at times. Come on, somebody. We can be the One. He's concerned about you. He's concerned about me as well. And there in verse 7 it says there's joy in heaven whenever the One comes back. Here's the good news about our God. You see, Satan's going to tell us you're not worthy to go back. Satan's going to act as if we almost have to convince God or argue with God or have this conversation with God where we're begging and pleading for him to take us back. That's not it whatsoever. He's looking for you to come back. He wants you to come back. He gets super excited whenever you come back. All you got to do is come back. He's excited about it. There's joy in heaven whenever it happens. And a shepherd, including our shepherd, wants all of his sheep to remain close to him. And yes, there are times whenever we get a little bit off, but he goes after the lost sheep. And by the way, as Christians, we also need to go after lost sheep and to help them come back to the shepherd. Do we not? We need to do that. But a shepherd calls out to lost sheep, to those who have strayed from him. He calls out to them. So the first thing I want you to get today is... He's calling us. Come on, let's all say it together. He's calling us. He's calling us. And I want to ask you today, are you going to tune into His voice or are you going to answer Him? In John 10, Jesus said, My sheep hear My voice. Yeah. He said, they hear My voice. Can you hear His voice today? He says, I know them and they follow Me. In Isaiah 53, uh, verse 6, it says, All of us, like sheep, we've strayed away, we've left God's path to follow our own to follow our, our own. We, we've all maybe turned away from God at some point, we've, we've followed our own way at some point. Maybe we've gotten off track. I mean, someone can be completely lost as not knowing the Lord, and heaven rejoices whenever they come back to him, whenever they come to know the Lord. And then there are some of us that whenever we get a little bit off track and we come back, then heaven also rejoices that we've come back as well. Amen? Sometimes we turn our attention to other things that, that put, like I said, distance between us and the Lord. It can be a career. It can be another person. That that can do it from time to time. Uh, it, it can be interests that we have or hobbies that we have, whatever it is. But I want you to know that the shepherd's always calling us to draw near and near to him. Amen. So even if you're here every Sunday, I want you to know you can still draw closer and closer to him. Come on, Come on somebody. You can still draw closer and closer. So number one is he's calling us. The second parable, starting in verse 8. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? By the way, in the Greek, this coin that's mentioned was equal to a Roman denarius, which was basically one day's wage. So you could technically look at this and say, okay, so the lady had... 10 days worth of income and she lost 10% of it. Just a little fact there for you. Verse 9, and when she finds it, she will call in her friends and neighbors and say, rejoice. Somebody say rejoice. rejoice. Rejoice with me because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. Whenever one sinner repents. And once again, Jesus is telling us about his passion for those who are lost. He's not just passionate about those who are in church every week. He's not just passionate about those that have their act together spiritually. He's passionate about the lost. About the lost. Can I go ahead and just tell you this? Uh, he, he was as passionate about Adolf Hitler as he was you. Some of y'all just said, you kidding? No. The worst person in the world he's passionate about. It, listen, in the word, it says in 1 Timothy two four that it's his desire that all men come to him. Come on, somebody say all. Oh. By the way, the redneck definition of all is there ain't no more. In other words, he wants all, ain't no more, to come to know him. That's in the word of God, amen? It doesn't say ain't, but it's in the word of God. But he wants everyone to come to him. He's passionate about them. And this woman, y'all, she searched her house. She swept the floors. She shined the light. And I want somebody to hear me today. In the same way that rare coins can bring huge money because of the image that's on them, I want you to know something. You're valuable just like those coins. Because you're rare. You're unique to God. And sometimes we underestimate our value, but I want you to know we're made in His image. Come on, we're made in His image and His image. And each one of us is priceless to Him. We're priceless to Him. You're the most valuable thing to the Lord. I want you to think about Adam and Eve in the book of Genesis. Whenever you look in the Word, you see that they fellowship with God. They were there in the presence of God. It was amazing. Of course, they sinned. The fall. It took place. They did what they weren't supposed to do. They sinned. And we read in Genesis that the Lord came looking for them one day. And he called out, he said, Adam, Eve, where are you? You remember they were hiding. They were hiding, and, and because they had sinned, all of a sudden they saw their nakedness, and then there was shame that entered the equation. And so they started covering themselves, and the Lord sees them, and the Lord says, You know what what's all this about? Why are you hiding? He was calling out to them, he was searching for them, and finally they said, Well, we 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 were ashamed, we were naked. And the Lord asked him, he said, who told you that? The enemy is who told him that. Some of us have believed the lie of the enemy that we're not good enough to go back to the Lord. Some of us have believed the lie of the enemy that he doesn't care about us. Just a little bit more information for you. The very first sacrifice in the Bible then took place after he found them. You see, they were covered up with leaves and whatever. And he basically says, this won't do And so for the first time an animal was killed, the skins of that animal was used to clothe Adam and Eve. That was a representation of what Jesus would do to cover us. But I want you to think about this just for a moment. He came and he was calling them, just like what we said a minute ago. And he was searching for them. Number two, I want you to understand, he is searching for us today as well. Amen? He's searching for us today as well. Our third parable, starting in verse 11. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. I want us to get real just for a minute. Some of us are this way. You may be thinking to yourself, well, I've not asked my dad for my inheritance. Hold on. Some of us want to live our best life now apart from the father. All right. And by the way, the son had no right to ask for his inheritance yet. His father was still alive. Verse 13, a few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and he moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money on wild living About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. By the way, that would have been the absolute worst job possible for a Jew because they were not supposed to be near pigs. Because of their belief system, it was an unclean animal. Verse 16, the young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs Looks good to him, but no one gave him anything. Today I want to mention to you that doing what you want all separated from the Father will never ever work out good for you. It may seem good for a little while, but eventually you're going to be regretted. Amen? Maybe some of you have been there before. Many people are determined to do their own thing. Many people are determined to live a life the way they want to live their life. And normally whenever we get... This idea of how we want to live, it doesn't line up with the way the Lord wants us to live. Whenever we separate from the Father, it's not going to work out well. Come on, somebody. Some of you, you found that out the hard way. amen. Now, whenever we go live our life a certain way, are we still His children? Yes, we are. Right? Yes, we are. But life's just not working out well for us. And so... What we see a lot of times is is that we walk away from the Lord, we're doing our own thing, and then all of a sudden life isn't working out well for us, but we tend to blame God for it. But who was the one that walked away? Us? He didn't walk away from us, we walked away from Him. The Word says He's the one that will never ever leave us, He'll never ever forsake us, the Word says, right? So He doesn't leave us, but there are times whenever we choose to walk away from Him, Right? And every time we choose to walk away from him, life will happen to us. And this young man, he made a decision that was a poor decision. He wanted his inheritance. He wanted to live a certain way right then, and it wasn't wasn't working out well for him. But then verse 17 happens, and this is like a verse that I love. It says this, when he finally came to a census... Some of y'all are praying right now that somebody in your life will someday come to their senses because the way they're living is not working out well for them. You may be here today and you have been wanting to live a certain way. And today, I want to tell you, I'm praying that the Holy Spirit is going to knock you between the eyes and you're going to come to your senses today and you're going to get right with God. Because I want you to know, apart from the Father, it's not going to work out well for you today. It's not going to work out well. Verse 17, when he finally came to a census, he said to himself, Even at home, the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father. This is important. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son. He embraced his son. He kissed his son. He said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. You know what I love? The father did not even acknowledge what the son said right there. Verse 22. But his father said to the son, Nope. The father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house. Put it on. Hold on. we got to sit here for a minute. He goes and he's telling his dad, Listen, I've messed up. I've sinned against you. I've sinned against heaven. I'm an idiot, is what he was basically saying. I have messed up. And his father... Rather than responding to that, it said, go get him the best robe." He said, go get him a ring and put it on his finger. You know, you know what a ring stands for? Then a ring stood for authority. He said, the calf that we've been fattening up for a special occasion, that special occasion just took place. Go get it. was restored back to the place of sonship. Yes. You know, this is so good. Yes, yes. I want you to realize as well, it says in verse 20, whenever he saw him a long way off, this is, this is the father that we're talking about here. Whenever he saw him a long way off, you know what that means? He had been looking for him. He had been waiting on him to return. He was just he, 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 every day he was looking out and saying, I'm just believing he's coming back. I'm believing that he's coming back. And, and, and the day that he sees him, he takes off and he runs. And there's another teaching on that because the father back in that day would have been wearing a whole lot of clothes. And he had to actually pick up that robe to run, exposing his legs. And apparently that was a big deal back then. But he ran towards him because he was so excited. Because he was so excited to see his son. So excited to see him come back. You know what I think is awesome about this? It says that he sees him a long way off, and he ran towards him. You know what he didn't do? He saw him a long way off, and then he did this. That's not what took place. The father ran to him. He embraced him. He kissed him. He loved on him. He said, we're going to throw a party. My son was dead, but he's back to life. We're we're going to throw a party for him. He's come back to life. I want somebody to hear today, he's waiting on you. He's waiting on you to come back to him. You think he's forgotten about you? No, he's been looking for you, and he's waiting on you to come back to him. He's not mad at you. You're not too far gone. He's not mad at you. Well, he couldn't accept me. Oh, hush. Yes, he can. He's got grace like you can't even imagine. He's waiting on you. He wants you to return. He's longing for you to come to your senses and return. So today we're going to talk about how can we reset our relationship with the Father? How can we do it? Number one, we've got to return. We must return. Come on, somebody say We must return. It says again, he, he, he came to a census. He returned. He had to literally walk towards the Father. He had to go in that direction towards the Father. We've got to return to the Lord if we want to reset our relationship with Him. Even if you've run from Him, you can always turn back to Him. But you've got to make that decision. You've got to make that decision. He'll take you back every time is the good news. I'm going to go ahead and be honest with you. Every time you walk away, life's going to kind of be rough, right? But He will take you back because that's the way He is. He loves you. He will take you back. Amen. So return to God in your heart today. Secondly, we must repent. Somebody say, we got to repent. It means we've got to change our mind. We've got to change our ways. We've got to act differently. Amen. Repenting is, isn't just saying, well, I'm sorry. No, it's changing the way we actually act. Amen. This guy came humbly to his father. He told his father, I've sinned. I've messed up. I've strayed. He repented, and that's what we have to do as well. And I want to go ahead and just tell you, don't give any room to pride. Get real with God. Get real with God. Don't try to justify your actions. Don't you dare try to tell God how bad of a hand you've been dealt and why you can justify what you've done. You sinned. Own it. Own it. Nobody did it but you. How many of y'all appreciate honesty from people? How many of y'all? I had a situation where a young man recently did something really dumb. The first time we talked with him he had excuses. Finally, he came to his senses, you know, what he did the next conversation. He said, that was the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. Thank you for owning it. Repent. Own it. He doesn't matter how bad the sin was. He's taking you back because he loves you more than you can ever imagine. More than, than you can ever imagine. And the truth is, is that, well, he already knows what you've done. He knows. You can't fool God. guy. Third thing is this is it's the best one. Then we've got to receive. Then we have to receive. By the way, you're not receiving a punishment. You're receiving his blessings. You're receiving his blessings. Receive the love and the affection of your amazing father. Don't let your past hold you back. Don't let the lies of the enemy that's telling you you can't, you're not good enough, don't let that hold you back. Like this father, he's waiting on you. He's looking for you. God's pursuing you. All you got to do is just run in his direction. It's very easy. Forgive yourself. Accept his love. Accept his forgiveness. Hebrews 3, there's this great verse, the writer of Hebrews gives us, he says, today, whenever you hear his voice, I want you to know you're hearing from God in scripture today, okay. Today, whenever you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did. Every time Israel hardened their hearts, it, just, it didn't work out well for them. Today is the day whenever you can turn things around in your life. Don't you dare harden your hearts you're feeling condemnation, it's not of God. That's not God giving that to you. Right now, the enemy's probably in your ear trying to tell you, no, I'm telling you, you can't do it. So it's it's what he's trying to do. You need to tune him out. The Lord's ready to meet you. The Lord's ready to embrace you. The Lord's ready to kiss you. The Lord's ready to put his robe on you, to give you that authority that you can walk in by putting that ring on your finger. Heaven's ready to rejoice because you've come back to Him. So whenever you hear His voice, don't harden your hearts, Hebrews tells us. He's calling your name. He's calling my name, God. He's searching on us. He's searching for us. He's waiting for us. There's times whenever I hear Him call me because maybe I just get busy with so many other things. And it's like, Gene, you're getting a little away from me. That may may sound unusual. You know, there's a lot of times I can be so focused on, like, ministry stuff that, honestly, I'm more focused on the stuff in Him. Have you ever been there before? You're focusing on something else. But but He's calling us. That good shepherd, come on, just draw closer, draw closer, all of us. He's calling us. He's searching for us. He's waiting for us. Today, it's very simple to, to get right with God. Get right with God, we just got to return. We can do that today. We got to repent. We can do that today. And then begin to just receive His love for you. Receive His affection for you. It can all happen today. Amen. Come on, can you stand with me? I want to share with you today. to your senses. Whenever this young man goes to his father what he didn't try to do was cut a deal with dad. What he didn't try to do was dad I kind of still enjoy partying but I ran out of money. Can you help me out? He wasn't one foot in and one foot out. in front of his father he said i've messed up i've sinned and if you will he was all in for the father he was all in with the family again today that's where we all need to be today all in that past it's our past we're going to leave Wait for a little while that you can rededicate your life to him today but I want you to understand the goal today is not a fire insurance plan for everybody in here the goal today is that you truly understand the love the affection that he has for you that you're all in for him that you grow in him that you see a life right that you live a life that is so blessed because it's like being in a really healthy home. Whenever you've got parents that can provide for you and take care of you, you're in such a good situation. Whenever you accept His love and His affection as a father, whenever you accept that love, it changes everything in your life. And you may say, "I don't know how I can turn loose of that." Turn loose of it. Let God just show out in your life. It'll be the best decision. You've ever, ever made. Amen. Come on, if you would just bow your head and just close your eyes. I want to just minister to you for a moment. Just talk to you real quick for a moment. Father, I thank you that the Holy Spirit's moving in this house right now. Lord, for those that don't know you as Savior God, today our desire is that they have a revelation of your love. you're like that father who's waiting on them. Lord, for those that have maybe walked away for a little while, God, you're still waiting on them. You're calling out to them. Lord, you're searching for them. Father, you want to see them come back to you. Lord, we thank you that you're a loving father, that even whenever we mess up, that you still welcome us home just like this father did. us in Matthew 6 whatever we pursue your kingdom whatever we seek first your kingdom God you take Know today is the day of salvation, you need to understand that there is a real heaven and there is a real hell in two seconds. If you take your last breath, you will know that for sure. The worst thing you could ever do is to take your last breath and not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. The truth is, is that all of us are sinners, amen? We all know that. 3.23 says we've all sinned, we've all fallen short of God's glory. Whenever Adam and Eve sinned, and we talked about that just a moment ago, it brought sin into the world. It put us out of right relationship with God. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin it's death, it's spiritual death but there's a free gift of God and that was Jesus Christ. And eternal life is available through Jesus God, God sent his own son to earth to be the perfect sacrifice for our sin, past, present, and future. Romans 5, tells us that God shown us how much he loves us, that, that while we were still actively sinning, Christ died for us. Can we just think about that for a minute? On a cross, Jesus was giving his life for people who would accept his, Salvation for those who wouldn't, for those who were mocking him, while we were still sinning, Christ died for us. And then the good news is this in Romans 10, verse 9, it says, But if you declare with your mouth, if you declare that Jesus is Lord, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, of course, you've probably heard, if you, if you don't know the Lord, we celebrate at Christmas' birth, at Easter. We celebrate the fact that he rose from the grave just as the Word of God said he would hundreds of years prior. But if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. He didn't say you might be saved, he said you will be saved. And you can live the rest of your life knowing that you're right with God, knowing that you're right with that loving Father who loves you so much. And it's available to everyone. Romans 10 13 says, For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Everyone. Some of you right now are still hung up on your past. You're still hung up on your past. I want you to understand your past does not matter. The only past that matters is Jesus Christ because those his superiors. His superiors. So today we're going to deal with that past every head bowed, I want every eye closed today and I want you to get real with me. If you were to leave this place today and something were to happen on your way home, if you are not 100% sure that you would end up in heaven, I want you to just quickly slip your hand up. Come on, just quickly slip it up. Amen. If you feel like Drifted from the Lord, so. If you say Gene, ah, I'm not where I need to be. Gene, maybe I'm kind of like that son that's run away and done my own thing for a little while and and it's just not been pretty, and I know I've got to get back to where I need to be. If that's you today. Come on, slip your hand up real quick. together i want everyone in this room to begin to pray this together say dear lord jesus i know that i'm a sinner today i ask for your forgiveness i'm coming back to you i believe you died for my sins That you rose from the dead today i turn from my sins and i invite you into my life to trust you and follow you as my Lord and as my Savior. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the decisions that were made today, Father. Father, I speak blessings on everyone here, Father, and pray that prayer. Lord, that we're just drawing near to our good shepherd. Father, we just want to say thank you, Lord, for being such an amazing Father who loves us doesn't get hung up on our past, who invites us to come back, Lord, every time we mess up. God, we just want to say thank you for your grace today, and come on, we all got a reason to celebrate and say thank you, come on, give them some praise today, amen. Thank you again for listening to Church Alive's Teaching of the Week with Pastor Gene Amoson. We invite you to join us for our Sunday morning worship service every Sunday at 10 o'clock or learn more at churchalive.net.